This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tirza Price coming to you from Book Riot. This is episode 270.5, and this week I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great books with some interesting family dynamics and LGBTQ themes. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Okay, so I picked these two books because they're both really interesting in that they delve into how complicated family can be. And they do feature characters who are LGBTQ. But the complicated family stuff isn't all about the queer family members, if that makes sense. I really enjoy reading books where characters are queer. And yes, sometimes that does bring its own set of challenges. But also there are other issues that need to be worked through. So my first pick is It's Not Like It's a Secret by Misa Segura, which is about a Japanese-American team named Sana who has grown up in Wisconsin. She's an only child, and her father is the only one that works outside the house, and he's always working, always away, always on a business trip. So before the book starts, Sana actually finds out that her dad is having an affair with a woman who lives in California, and that's why he's gone on so many business trips. She doesn't tell her mom because she doesn't want to break her mom's heart, but she also has this complicated relationship with her mother. Basically, she really loves her mom, but Sana doesn't know how to tell her that she's gay, and she's not 100% sure how her mom is going to respond. So the book really kicks off when Sana's dad shocks the family by announcing that he's gotten a new job in California and that they're moving right away. Sana's mom just really goes with it, and Sana's kind of upset. Because not only is she leaving her home, but she's positive that the only reason for this move is so that her dad can be closer to his mistress. And she isn't really sure if she should tell her mom. But once they get to California, Sana's also even more conflicted because it turns out that she really likes it in California. She has other Asian friends for the first time in her life. And they understand where she's coming from when it comes to struggles with her mom. But she doesn't come out to them quite yet. And she also develops a crush on another girl at school named Jamie Ramirez. And Jamie is Mexican-American. She's smart. She's cute. And she really seems to like Sana back. But Jamie's friends do not like Sana. And Sana's friends don't understand why she wants to hang out with Jamie. So this is kind of what's going on is like the weight of all these secrets that Sana is carrying around starts to get to her. And it all kind of comes to a head when she says something kind of horrible and a little bit racist that alienates Jamie. And it's something that she deeply regrets saying. And she realizes that she's really going to have to work really hard to, you know, repair the hurt that she caused. And she has to be more open and honest in her own life. So I really enjoyed this nuanced exploration of race and friendship, as well as the really complicated family dynamics. No spoilers, but Sana's dad's affair isn't exactly what you think it is. And I also really enjoyed how Sana struggles to maintain this relationship with her mom. So I think this is a really great book that fearlessly tackles a lot of big issues without it feeling like it's an issue book. 
the author does such a great job at balancing all of these elements. And you feel like you're really reading about someone's real life. And it's all very fascinating. So that is, it's not like it's a secret. I have the author's second book. Uh, This time will be different on my shelf. And I can't wait to get to it because I really enjoyed this one. So my next pick is a very delightful middle grade book called The Lottery's Plus One by Emma Donahue. And yes, it's the same Emma Donahue who wrote Room. And if you were listening a couple of weeks uh, ago with me and Liberty on All the Backlist, she just came out with a new book called The Pull of the Stars, which I loved. So I'm always a little bit skeptical when adult fiction writers, particularly those who write literary fiction, make that jump to middle grade. But Emma Donahue did it really well. So this is a very unconventional family story set in Canada about a family who call themselves the Lotteries. Two dads and two moms, and they're each couples and they're longtime friends, won the lottery and decided to share the winnings by buying a big Victorian house and co-parenting a large family of children. Some of them are biological, some are adopted. So the protagonist is nine-year-old Sumac, and she's kind of the rule follower of the big family. And she's also like smack in the dab in the middle of all these siblings. So one day, one of the dads learns that his father is suffering from dementia and can no longer live on his own. So the lotteries have to kind of make this last minute, almost impulse decision to take him in. Unfortunately, that means that Sumac has to give up her bedroom for this grandfather that the kids barely know. And the reason for that is because he fell out with his son before any of them were born. And he's always been very disapproving of their lifestyle. So everybody calls him grumps. And living with grumps puts a lot of stress on the entire family, because not only does he disapprove of the way this family lives, he also kind of disapproves of queer couples. He thinks it's weird that two queer couples are raising kids together. He doesn't really like their rescue pets. He doesn't approve of how they live or what they choose to eat. And he's a bit racist to boot. So this is a lot to put on the kids and the parents. And you just get the sense that the parents are really doing the best they can. They know that there's no real easy solution or answer. But Sumac is certain that Grumps would be better off living somewhere else, even though he clearly needs help and he doesn't always understand what's going on. She is not really willing to, you know, extend him the grace of acclimating to their family life. So even though her parents ask her to be patient and to help Grumps acclimate, she decides that she's going to roll out a plan to get him to go live somewhere else. But over the course of this plan, she finds her perspective shifting slowly. So I have to admit, I was a little bit skeptical going into this book at first, because as a queer person, I have definitely dealt with, you know, figuring out where to draw the line with family or people that I've been close to who aren't always as accepting or as open-minded as I need or want them to be. And it's really, really hard to deal with that as an adult, much less, you know, a deal with that as a kid. And so often I feel like kids are just kind of expected to put up with things because they're kids. And I didn't want Sumac to be put into this position where she had to deal with, you know, a really terrible situation uh, without some agency. But I am so happy to say that Emma Donahue does a really good job of exploring the nuances in these situations. And Grumps does show himself to be capable of change. And Sumac also realizes that 
you know, she's been a little bit harsh and she begins to see him differently as well without having to compromise her own dignity where her family is concerned. So I think that that was just done super well. And I really loved this update on the traditional family story trope in middle grade. I thought it was very charming. It was very imaginative. And I definitely wanted to live in the Camelottery, as they call their big Victorian house. So The Lotteries Plus One was a great book, and I'm really excited to pick up the sequel sometime. That is The Lotteries, more or less. So that is it for me this week, book nerds. I hope that you are all staying safe and well-read this weekend. And thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by leaving us a rating on Apple Podcasts because it helps other book lovers find us. And finally, if you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and Very Sassy Cat, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price. That is T I R Z A H P R I C E. And I will be back uh, in a couple of weeks on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty and with more backlist recommendations. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye.